Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sunup. The Daily Sunup podcast is a conversation with the Colorado Sun. See our trust indicators at coloradosun.com slash ethics. It's Monday, March 4th. Today, Sun Outdoors reporter Jason Blevins talks about the new changes to a state statute that will help private landowners who open up their properties for public recreation. Before we begin, join the Colorado Sun as reporter Jennifer Brown speaks to a panel of experts about how long Denver can sustain the influx of immigrants from South America and how a volunteer network is filling the gaps. The event is free and will be held virtually on March 12th at 6 p.m. RSVP today at coloradosun.com events. Now let's go back in time with some Colorado history. Fleeing anti-American violence in 1846, the Barella family settled in Embudo, New Mexico, where Casimiro was born on this date in 1847. By the late 19th century, Casimiro became Colorado's most influential Hispano, shifting from studying for the priesthood to excelling in business. He established a significant presence in Trinidad and El Mora, engaging in various enterprises including newspapers and real estate, and became deeply involved in politics. As a legislator, Barella championed bilingual education, statehood for New Mexico and Arizona, and the rights of Mexican land grant holders. While serving nearly four decades in the Colorado Senate, he was revered as the perpetual senator. His legacy includes a stained glass portrait in the state capitol commemorating his extensive contributions to Colorado and its residents. Before we continue, thanks for listening to the Daily Sunup from the Colorado Sun please take a moment to rate and review us in your podcast player. Tell us what you think of the show, share your ideas, and help us reach new listeners. Thank you. Now our feature story. Hey, thanks for listening in to The Sun Up today. I'm David Krause, one of the team editors here at The Sun, and it's another Monday session with our good friend Jason Blevins, outdoor writer extraordinaire for the Colorado Sun. What is going on, Jason Blevins? I am doing well, David Cross. We have chatted on this topic a few times during the sunup in the past year, and you've certainly written about it uh, plenty of times in the past, what, four or five years, but finally some big movement as far as liability protection for uh, property owners in Colorado um, who allow the public to access their land. Um, Recently, the state house finally passed a bill um, uh, concerning the Colorado Recreational Use Statute that has been in play for a few years now. Jason, what's our latest development? Yep, third time is a charm. Um, <laughs> it looks as though this uh, this time around, they got it. Um, for past several years, there's been calls to reform the Colorado Recreational Statute. This is Recreational Use Statute. This is a law from the 1970s that essentially protected landowners from lawsuits if they allow recreational visitors free access. So you have a stretch of river on your land and you can let folks um, you know, go fishing on it, you, they can't sue you. If you have 14er, um, land on 14er and the trail tra- crosses that land, they can't sue you if they fall and hurt their ankle or something like that. Um, the, the call has been you know, to the the law has worked very well, except for once in 2019, there was a federal court decision that awarded a $7.3 million to a cyclist who was injured on a washed out trail at the Air Force Academy. 
that decision had rippling effects across the entire state as landowners closed trail access. They closed entire 14ers. They required all visitors to sign liability waivers, scan QR codes. An owner in the Uray Ice Park eventually even transferred his land over to the county in town um, as a way to uh, limit his liability. Um, so this new legislation is going to better protect landowners from these kind of lawsuits. And uh, hopefully we can see some um, movement in terms of closures on some of these privately owned 14ers, for example, or stretches of river that will uh, maybe landowners now will, will feel better protected and, and open that stuff back up. Jason, is it ironic? I just thought of this all the years that we've talked about this. Is it ironic that something that happened on a federal facility screwed up everything else for the rest of us in the state? Yeah, exactly. It was the first time the Colorado Recreational Use Statute is uh, it, it you know basically protects landowners. But if a injured visitor is able to prove quote a willful or malicious failure to guard against a known condition end quote. Then if, if the injured party can prove that, they can sue. And that's what happened in the Air Force Academy case. Um, a gentleman was riding a bicycle on a paved trail, um, and he came across a big washed-out section of trail and was very injured, seriously hurt, um, lifetime injury. And um, he argued successfully that the Air Force Academy knew this hazard was there and they he proved that there had been letters and the Air Force Academy had seen it and they just didn't sign it. So um, this new legislation is going to require landowners to put up signs. And the signs will say that there is a known and dangerous hazard somewhere up ahead. It's got to be an eight by 10 inch sign. Um, they can put it in the trailhead. They don't have to hang it on every possible hazard they don't have to describe each and all hazards but the idea is that um with this signage you will uh if a, if a landowner puts up these signs takes photographs of those signs on the reg then the people are not going to be able to sue them for a willful and malicious disregard for vis visitor safety so that's kind of the hope but yeah the irony that this happened on a federal land and it was a federal court that actually you know, it was the first time in 40 plus years that the um, Colorado recreational use statute um, d did not protect a landowner in a lawsuit. So uh, it's kind of a little irony there. I agree. What's what's the difference, Jason, now? Why did this? Because it, right, it came up last year um, at the state house. It came up the year before. You wrote about trial attorneys kind of challenging it previously. Um is it that willful, malicious um, phrase that's different? Or what's different this year that allowed it to get through the House and the Senate? Exactly. these The first two attempts in 2019 and 2023 um, were, were pieces of legislation that sought to remove that willful and malicious exemption. Just cut it out of the recreational use statute. Um, every time that would be proposed, the... Colorado Trial Lawyers Association, very influential lobby in the Colorado State House, um, said, 
you know, the, the attorneys would come up and say like, hey, if there's been a single award that proved a landowner was liable for willful and mal malicious behavior um, in the 40 plus year history of this legislation or this statute, that means that statute's working. We don't need to get rid of it. And, you know, it's a compelling argument by the Trial Lawyers Association. And it worked with lawmakers in, in both those years. And uh, lawmakers declined to move legislation seeking to pull that willful malicious wording out of the statute that never made it out of committee. But this time around, it was about signage. More signs. Um, what I wrote in the you know, in the story that we ran is like, here come the signs. So expect now when you go, you will see in all the trailheads, hey, there is a danger up ahead. And that danger could not only injure you, it could kill you. Um, and you know, the the wording is gonna be pretty specific and it's gonna wear, you know, note a, a very particular you know, hazard and and it could be for all sorts of recreational things, but the idea is that these signs will um, sort of not, you won't be able to say that a landowner has been willful and malicious if they put up these signs. And that that's the idea. So more signs in the woods. That's what we're, we're looking at. Woohoo. Long hair freaky people need not apply, right, JB? Exactly. Signs, signs everywhere there's signs. So um, gets through the state house and it's uh, sitting on the governor's desk. What did uh, uh, Governor Polis's people tell you about where he stands? Yeah, so, you know, Connor Hall with the Outdoor Recreation Office put in some uh, written support, as, you know, expressed support for that. And he's obviously a um, appointee of Governor Polis. And, you know, he, he was saying that, um, you know, if this this issue and this these concerns around uh, the Colorado Recreational um, Use Statute were sort of threatening, um, you know, Colorado's vibrant outdoor recreation economy. It is proven, you know, I pulled a bunch of numbers out of town of Alma when those 14ers above the Decalibron loop, you know, the in the Mosquito Range there, the Democrat Lincoln Brost, um, that loop was closed because the landowner had liability concerns and the town of Alma saw significant declines in its, you know, sort of seasonal spending in that small little town. Folks going up those 14ers often stopped and got gas and snacks and food and things like that in, in town. So, um, is it proven that, uh, these closures have an economic impact and, uh, there's support from the outdoor recreation office and, uh, governor Polis's office said that, uh, the governor has um, always appreciated this this legislation, bipartisan support that uh, will open up new recreational opportunities. And the spokeswoman over there said the governor looks forward to seeing seeing that bill pass and approved. So um, I think uh, we can expect to see you know this happening sooner than later. Jason, one person who you've talked through. Uh talked with through the years uh john reber private landowner talk about the decalibron loop uh he sold a couple hundred acres of uh mount democrat right to the yeah. conservation fund who then sent it over to transferred it to the forest service you talked to him um about this uh new um legislation what was his take on all this does he like it is he concerned still about it what did he what did john reber say uh, you know, landowners and John Reber was on this uh, coalition called the Fix 
CRUS coalition, the Colorado Recreational Use Statute. And, you know, he served as a sort of the landowner voice there. And the landowners obviously wanted to see willful and malicious removed. But this is, you know, a, a good step, John said. And John's family has owned mining claims on top of Mount Lincoln and Mount Democrat and portions of uh, uh, that deep Calibron Loop trail um, for many years. And he's, uh, you know, he tells stories of going up there and people trying to drive their four wheel drive rigs up onto a hiking trail and people swinging from the, you know, beams of his old mining structures on top of old mining holes and mining entrances and very disconcerting for him. And he had closed access several times over the past few years. And he was not, um, you know, he, he had those little waivers that you had to scan with your telephone and click through and sign a waiver saying you wouldn't sue him. And that was something as lawyers, but he had had concerns over finding an insurance policy. He said his insurance wouldn't, um, cover him anymore. And said that, uh, his lawyers were advising him to close all access and, you know, for fear of lawsuits. So, um, he, he said he was, had cautious optimism for this, this new legislation set a bill 58 and, you know, the, the, he hopes that it can kind of open up recreational opportunities for more people in Colorado. He's always liked the fact that people were able to go hike around on his land. He will have no trespassing signs or urging people to stay on the trail Important to note that Mount Bross, uh, he's just a co-owner with several other owners on Mount Bross up there, a 14er, and that summit will likely remain closed. It's been closed forever. It's never had public access. So um, again, there's mining holes and equipment and stuff on top of that peak. And I don't think those owners want people up there. Um, so there'll be no trespassing, no no more access or continued uh, uh, prohibited access on Bross, Mount Bross. But um He's hoping that with the sale of Mount Democrat and he will be able to keep, you know, his land on Mount Lincoln and the decal loop open. So, um, you know, it's interesting. He tells those stories and he's like 90, 95% of people perfectly fine. Follow the rules. Don't do anything. But 5% go out there and they do crazy things on his mining structures. And that troubles him a lot. And so he's hoping that maybe if this kind of legislation can reach that last five percent we can all behave ourselves when we're out in the back country then maybe maybe you won't have much of an issue with it so the the upshot is please just don't be the bad apple right yeah don't be in that five percent hey jason thanks for the chat uh appreciate it uh, appreciate everybody listening in if you like what we're talking about and you have a minute give the sun a five-star review on your favorite app right jason exactly five stars we, we love the love. Uh, if you want to catch up on this story or read more about the outdoors, go over to coloradosun.com and click on that outdoors tab up at the top. You can also sign up for Jason's weekly newsletter at coloradosun.com slash outsider. comes out every Thursday, always worth the read. Uh, want to remind everybody that the Sun is a member of the Trust Project, and you can see our commitment to trusted journalism at our Ethics page, coloradosun.com slash ethics. Jason, make it a great week, friend. Thanks, DK. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. A Colorado paramedic was sentenced Friday to five years in prison for the death of Elijah McLean in a rare prosecution of medical responders. 
The convictions of Peter Chikuniak and a fellow paramedic sent shockwaves through the ranks of paramedics across the U.S. and thrust their profession into the bitter fight over social justice sparked by the 2020 murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. Chikuniak and Jeremy Cooper were both convicted in December of criminally negligent homicide for administering the sedative ultimately blamed for killing McLean, a 23-year-old black massage therapist in 2019. The Colorado GOP sent out a mailer last week attacking a congressional primary opponent of party chairman Dave Williams. Critics say it's the latest example of Williams improperly using his party leadership position to promote himself and his allies. The mailer sent to El Paso County voters accused the Gazette newspaper of Colorado Springs of, quote, corrupt campaigning for Nikki Haley and Jeff Crank. Former U.N. Ambassador Haley is running for president against Donald Trump, who has been endorsed by the state GOP even as the primary contest remains undecided. Conservative commentator Crank is running in the 5th Congressional District Republican primary against Williams. A Colorado man accused of shoving police officers before breaching barricades during the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol is in federal custody. 34-year-old Matthew James Melson was arrested in Wheat Ridge and faces felony charges including civil disorder and assaulting a police officer. He also faces several misdemeanor charges. Authorities say body-worn camera footage shows Melson reached over a bike rack where officers were guarding the Capitol and pushed a Metropolitan Police officer in the chest. After an officer pushed him away, Melson returned and shoved the officer again. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now, a quick message from our team. I'm Laura Wynott, Director of Membership at the Colorado Sun. I came to work at the Sun because quality, trustworthy journalism is important. As a reader and listener, I find the Sun to be a breath of fresh air. The journalists tell Colorado stories that keep me informed, entertained, and engaged. If you also trust the Sun for your news, join me as a member at coloradosun.com slash join. Your support helps to bring you and other Coloradans the news you deserve. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you.